It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is, is the Devil's State, State of Mind, Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you by the, by the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Ladies and gentlemen, hockey is back in New Jersey. What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a much-anticipated and very exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a kick-ass day wherever you're listening to this episode. As always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, it is September 22nd, 2021, the day that I'm recording this. And the reason that this day is significant is because today is the first day of training camp for the New Jersey Devils. Now, obviously, there's no practice or, you know, nobody's on the ice. Uh, It's more of a media day kind of thing. Everybody's just kind of getting acclimated. Um, You know, I'm recording this around four o'clock in the afternoon. So basically, the majority of the media day is over. So I've been able to keep track with a lot of the things and sharing it on my socials. And again, if, if you're not following, please follow us on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. We just reached over 800 followers on Twitter. Um, We're trying to get to a thousand by the end of this season. And I would greatly appreciate your guys support and help on getting there because I'm definitely thinking about doing another giveaway. I did one at 500 followers. I'm hoping to do another one once we get to 1000 followers on Twitter, but yeah, 
Today is such an exciting day because it's the first time that we really get to see these guys again since, you know, April. And, you know, with everything that's going on, with all the new players that we have, with the young guys coming in and everything, just so many storylines that you can talk about going into this. And we actually have about five different storylines that we're going to talk about in some detail, you know, kind of previewing this. So even though, you know, technically this is the first day of training camp, I just thought it'd be a good time to, to preview training camp as a whole before it really gets underway and kind of go from there. And I'm super, super excited for you guys to come along with me on this journey here in the second full season of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And we have a lot to talk about here today. So let's not waste any more time and get fired up. So we're going to start on more of a somber note. It's it's not too, you know, somber or anything, but I obviously have to talk about this because it's pretty significant. Um, back on Friday at around 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, the Devils posted on their Twitter account and also on their Instagram uh, a video of Travis Zajac announcing his retirement from the National Hockey League. He officially uh, signed a one-day contract with the Devils on Monday to retire as a New Jersey Devil, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing for him to do. It's a great thing for him to do. You know, you look at this offseason and you think about, well, when it comes to PTO contracts or even just signing somebody to a one-year deal, as the offseason progressed, it kind of looked more and more like the Devils were very much intrigued and very interested as it was confirmed by Tom Fitzgerald that the Devils would definitely bring back Travis Zajac uh, after trading him during the deadline alone with Kyle Palmieri to the New York Islanders. Um, but Zajac, from what he said when he spoke during his press conference on Monday, he said that really it just it got to the point where he felt like it was time. It was just time for him to move along in his life, you know, being a dad and obviously getting the opportunity to spend way more time with his family. And look, he played 15 years in the NHL, which is a tremendous accomplishment by him to play nearly two decades of hockey and playing the majority of it here with the New Jersey Devils. He's one of those guys that had the privilege of playing nearly their entire career here in New Jersey. Yes, he did play for the Islanders for a little bit and even in the postseason, but the, the main bulk of his entire career comes from playing with the New Jersey Devils. So like I said, he finishes his career after 15 years in the NHL. And here are his career totals. Um, as it stands now in his career. Uh, he played in 1,037 games, scoring 203 goals, 349 assists for 552 points. Now, with regards to his statistics in New Jersey, Zajac played in 1,024 games, 202 goals, 348 assists for 550 points. So, yeah, he didn't do a whole lot in his short time with the New York Islanders. Um, I know that some people on the island were a little bit critical of that, but Again, look, Zajac was just being given an opportunity to join a veteran team that had aspirations to go win the cup. And they got pretty close, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. And it was unfortunate that they were not able to get it, get it done. Um, but still, you know, Zajac was able to get at least one more crack at it, go pretty far into the playoffs, um, but ultimately was not able to lift Lord Stanley's cup. Um, the, significant, the significant thing for Travis Zajac this past year was the fact that he was able to get to his 1,000 game. When we went into last season, that was really a talking point, that he was about seven or eight games away 
um, before the pandemic hit in 2020, uh, he was seven or eight games away from reaching 1,000. So going into this past season, we knew that he was going to get there. It was just unfortunate that nobody, there were no fans in the stands. Nobody was able to be there to celebrate it. And also the Devils were on the road as well when Zajac got there. February 21st, 2021 against the Washington Capitals, Zajac was able to reach his 1,000th game. And he became just the fourth player in Devils history to reach that plateau. So obviously that is a very special thing, not just from the devil's perspective, but just from a hockey perspective that he's one of the select few that has had the privilege of playing over a thousand games in the national hockey league. The last guy on the devils to reach a thousand games was Patrick Eliash. Um, And for Zajac to do it is a tremendous feat uh, on its own. And when you look at also, when you go a little bit more in depth, um, with some of the other accolades that Zajac actually has, it's, it's actually a pretty solid amount. He owns the record for most consecutive games played, which is actually 401 games in a row. And it started on October 26, 2006, and then stopped on April 10, 2011. So you look at that, that's nearly five years of where he did not miss a single game. Him and Andy Green were really, really good at finding a way to play in every single game, even if they were a little bit banged up. They never got to the point where they couldn't play. They were constantly Iron Men. They always played in every game. And you knew that a guy like Zajac, you'd see that number 19 in red and black all the time. And he was always in these games. Uh, The Devils also announced, by the way, that... uh, Zajac will stay within the Devils organization as an on-slash-off-ice player development and consulting role while also working to grow the club's youth hockey initiatives. So Zajac was very well known off the ice for what he did, you know, growing the sport of hockey here in New Jersey and, and being a part of that. So he will definitely play a big role in that as well. And also just trying to help the, the future New Jersey Devils, you know, develop the way that, the, that we want them to, to become great players in their own right. Um, but also Zajac is going to be joining the team on his own time. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald confirmed that as well that Zajac in that press conference they confirmed that Zajac's going to take some time to just be a dad, spend time with his wife and his kids, and just enjoy retirement before he decides to, you know, come back to the organization. But obviously, that is the role that he will have once he indeed comes and starts working for the New Jersey Devils. Um, so again, just like, you know, Marty Brodeur, uh, Zajac gets the opportunity to stay within the organization and try to help the future of this team moving forward which is obviously a great thing. Um, the Devils also did announce that they will recognize Zajac during March during the March 10, 2022 game versus his hometown team, the Winnipeg Jets. They will honor him for his 1,000th game. So if you remember, the next home game that the Devils had the Devils had a little bit, a little nice ceremony for Zajac, giving him some awards and some recognitions, but there were no fans there. So the Devils decided that they were going to, with the fact that obviously we have fans coming back now, uh, they decided that they were going to give Zajac the proper recognition with the fans being there. So March 10th, 2022 against the Winnipeg Jets will be the day that they honor Travis Zajac for reaching a thousand games, as well as just honoring his entire career. Um, so let's talk about Zajac a little bit from just the perspective of somebody who, I, you know, I grew up watching Travis Zajac. I mean, he's pretty much the last, you know, childhood player that I really remember um, as a young as a young Devils and young hockey fan. Um, that kind of just 
puts the whole book on my childhood involving hockey. Um, when I look at Zajac, I, I immediately go back to 2012. It's the first thing that I think most people go to when they think of Travis Zajac. You know, he played the majority, he didn't play the majority of that season and then was able to come back and be healthy towards the end of the year. And of course, in that game six, in the first round against the Florida Panthers, Zajac scored the game winning goal in overtime to win that game force game seven, which helped propel the Devils to going on and getting to the Stanley Cup finals. And in also in both the series against the Flyers and then the Rangers, Zajac scored some big time goals. He really, really did step up. And I think one of the advantages was obviously he was way more fresh than the majority of the guys he was playing against and playing with because he just had been playing all year long. But he was very, very clutch. And he did a lot to get to the Devils where they were and, and to get within two wins of winning a Stanley Cup, which is obviously a phenomenal um, achievement in his own right. But, you know, I look at after that, like I look at, I look at when the Devils gave him that six-year contract, when Lou, when Lou Lemerell gave him that six-year contract. At the time, it didn't seem like a bad deal because it looked like Zajac was going to be on the up and up as being one of our top goal scorers. And to be quite frank, he really never lived up to the contract. In many ways, it was frustrating that he would just go a long period of time without it seeming like he was doing very much, although he was a tremendous face-off guy for many, many years, especially towards the end of his time in the NHL. But it was obviously very difficult that he just really never lived up to that contract. And I know some people within my inner circle who are Devils fans that were not really thrilled that he was constantly still on this team. A lot of people were hoping at some point the Devils would move on or something like that. Like it just got to the point where everybody was saying, why don't the Devils just trade him to Winnipeg so you can play there? But Travis Zajac wanted to remain a Devil his entire career. And you go back to the 2020 NHL trade deadline when the Devils traded Andy Green to the New York Islanders, there was a lot of talk even then that the Devils were asking Zajac if he would waive his no trade clause to be traded as well to the New York Islanders. And that year he said no. So the Devils ended up not trading him. Fast forward to 2021, and he ends up actually waiving his no trade clause so that he can go make one more attempt at trying to win a Stanley Cup uh, with some obviously familiar faces, Lou Lamarello, Jacques Lemaire also involved with the Islanders, uh, Andy Green, um, Kyle Palmieri, guys like that, even Corey Schneider, just, just some former Devils that are now all together on the New York Islanders. And Zajac did, like I said, he didn't do a whole lot in his time with the New York Islanders, but I'm sure Islander fans still, um, you know, enjoyed the time that he was there, especially when it came to winning faceoffs. He was, he was really tremendous. Um, so then you go into this offseason and you wonder to yourself, okay, is he going to go back to the Island? Are the Devils thinking about bringing him back or is he going to retire? And what Tom Fitzgerald said was that he reached out to Zajac about him coming back as a player. And then Zajac just started talking to Fitz and, and came to the conclusion that he would rather just retire at this point. And so they started talking about what Zajac could do to help contribute to the Devils moving forward in a different role. And that's where we got to the point where he's obviously going to be a consultant and working with the Youth Hockey Initiative, which is great. Um, I want to go back really quick to the statistics, uh, especially from the Devils perspective that Zajac had. Uh, with regards to games, 1,024, that's fourth all-time in Devils history. His 202 goals is tied for third all-time in Devils history. 348 assists, 
puts him fifth all-time in Devils history, and his 550 points is third all-time in Devils history. So from a stats perspective, Travis Zajac is a top three, certainly top five player in Devils history. And that mainly has to do with longevity, that the fact that he played here for that long and he was able to be, you know, somewhat a pretty decent contributor for many, many years. Um, So that brings me to the final point that I wanted to say to kind of wrap up this segment. Uh, Some people were talking about it over the last couple of days on social media about this. The question is, is that do the Devils retire Travis Zajac's number? My response to that is no. He doesn't really have the stats to get there. Yeah, he played over a thousand games. Yes, he's top three in most of the categories. He's top five in most of the categories uh, for Devils all time, but he never won any sort of individual awards. He obviously helped the Devils make it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2012. And, you know, he had some really, you know, big time moments, particularly that year. But when you look at it as does he deserve to be retired and have his number be retired in such a high honor? No, I I really don't. If the Devils had a ring of honor, I'd certainly put Zajac in there. But I've talked about this before, and this comes up when I was doing my my top five list a couple weeks ago. We talked about Sergey Breland and how he's really the only guy who's won three Stanley Cups with the Devils and has still not been recognized for it. And if you're going to retire Zajac's number, you better start with Sergey Breland because Sergey Breland did a lot more to contribute to the Devils organization. Even if he, you know, even if yes, he wasn't the main guy, he still was a contributor on three Stanley Cup teams. If you're going to do that, you have to you have to honor Sergey Breland before you do it with Zajac in that way. Um, so really, to kind of answer that question, no, I don't think the Devils should retire Zajac's number. I just don't frank. I just don't think, frankly, he was that he was good enough to be honored in that way. He certainly deserves a day to be recognized by the Devils fans, but you still have to do it with uh, Sergey Breland as well because he's still even here with the organization despite all of the changes. And I just feel like it's time for that. And I hope that the Devils really decide to do that in the near future. But to really just End this on, I guess you would say, a high note. Uh, I just want to say congratulations to Travis Zajac, Trav Jack, as I call him, on a very long and pretty successful career in the National Hockey League. Playing 15 years in the league is phenomenal. Playing 14 and seven and, you know, three-fourths of your career in New Jersey and being a New Jersey Devil for that long is, is tremendous. He represented the Devils very, very well during his time. And I look forward to seeing what he can do to help this Devils team in a, in a smaller role, behind-the-scenes role moving forward. And I wish him nothing but the best in retirement and wish him nothing but love and joy and happiness uh, now that he gets to spend more time with his family. So Travis Zajac has officially, tired, officially retired excuse me, from the National Hockey League, and he retired as a New Jersey Devil. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game 
to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now we shift over to the main bulk. The main thing that we were going to talk about here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, it is time to talk about our five storylines going into the 2021 Devil's training camp. So again, like I said, I'm recording this just about an hour or so after media day wrapped up for the first day of the Devil's training camp. Uh, I believe practice and everything really starts tomorrow or on Friday. Um, But either way, we're going to start seeing those guys on the ice working together. And there's a lot, a lot of different storylines that we we certainly could talk about. But I tried to nail it down to about five because I I just tried to look at what are the five storylines that have the most impact when you look at this team moving forward? Because I think that that's where, I, I think that's basically like why it's like how, I guess you could say significant. That's the way that I'm trying to say it. I'm just fumbling my words here as I go along. But, you know, I look at this and I say to myself, there are a lot of really, really good, um, you know, things to talk about here. But the first thing I want to do before I jump into, you know, the storylines is I want to quickly uh, read off the players that are going to be involved in training camp. Because there's a there's obviously the names that we expect, but then, then there's also some young guys that, again, we'll talk about in just a little bit that, certainly need to be mentioned as well. So let's go through the forwards. And again, they did this, the Devils shared this in a numerical order. So that's the way I'm going to do it. So we have Alexander Holtz, Andreas Janssen, Tice Thompson, Nico Heischer, Mark Jankowski, Jimmy VC, Igor Sharangovich, Dawson Mercer, Michael McLeod, Nolan Foote, Joseph Gambardella, Pavel Zaka, Freddie Gauthier, AJ Greer, Miles Wood, Brian Flynn, Chase DeLeo, Nate Schnarr, Fabian Zetterlin, Yanni Kuokinen, Chase Stillman, Jesper Brett, Marion Studenich, Jesper Boquist, Arnie Talviti, Ryan Schmelzer, Jack Hughes, Tomas Tatar, and Graham Clark. So those are all the forwards that have been invited to the Devils training camp for 2021. Defensemen, you have Colton White, Dougie Hamilton, Ty Smith, Damon Severson, Riley Walsh, Ryan Graves, Tyler Walterspoon, Robbie Russo, Jonas Siegenthaler, Jeremy Gorlow, P.K. Subban, Michael Vukashevitz, Nikita Ahoychuk, Christian Jaros, and Kevin Ball. And then as far as the goaltenders, we have six that have been invited. Mackenzie Blackwood, Akira Schmid, Scott Wedgwood, Jonathan Bernier, Nico Dawes, and Merrick's Mittens. So that, ladies and gentlemen, are all the players that are going to be immediately participating in training camp when it officially starts, probably either on Thursday or Friday. So right away when you look at it, there's obviously some names that a lot of you have 
you know, heard of, but obviously we don't know very much about guys like Robbie Russo, Tyler Wotherspoon, um, Christian Jaros, who the Devils got uh, in a trade with San Jose for Nick Merkley. Um, you have some other guys, like some of the guys that I mentioned before that are on PTOs, uh, Jankowski, VC, um, Gautier. There's a lot of different names out here. There's also a considerable amount of young guys, some young guys that played last year with the Devils and some who are still looking to make their first impact into the National Hockey League. And we'll talk about them more as training camp progresses. That's kind of the, the way we're going to do this. But let's start with our first storyline that is uh, that we're going to talk about. And it's probably the biggest one that a lot of people are focusing on. How will the new guys, Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, Jonathan Bernier, Tomas Tatar, blend in with the rest of the team? So obviously this is going to be a big question because as I've talked about before, chemistry is such an important thing, particularly in the sport of hockey. Um, and the fact that the Devils have a handful of new guys adding on to the nucleus of talent that we already have, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where it goes. Um, we're not going to see a whole lot of it considering the fact that we're not going to be able to watch a lot of practice. There are going to be some scrimmages and we obviously will have preseason moving forward, but we're really not going to know how things are going to start working until we get into the season and things start to roll. And I think that's something to, uh, to look at. I would say this right off the bat when it comes to these guys. All of these guys, one way or another, know their roles, know what they're here for, and they're going to find a way to get it going. Particularly, I think Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves are going to be our top pairing defensemen. I would be surprised if it wasn't, but then again, if it was Ty Smith paired with Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves on the second line, second pairing, I wouldn't be against that either. I wouldn't mind having Graves and Severson be our second pairing. I think that would actually be a solid one as well. Um. But yeah, I mean, you look at this and you look at Dougie, he knows he's that main guy, that main defenseman, the big name free agent. He's coming in to try to make a major impact right away. Ryan Graves is here to try to make a really good impact as well, coming over here in a trade. Jonathan Bernier, you know, we finally have, well, first of all, hopefully Bernier like actually plays and stays. Again, not trying to knock on Corey Crawford, but again, considering what happened last year, we'd like to hope that Jonathan Bernier stays and actually plays. Um, I think Bernier's going to do very, very well, especially with the upgrades at defense. And then Tomas Tatar, the big question for him is simply that he will certainly be top six. It's just that will he be on the first line with Nico Kiescher or on the second line with Jack Hughes or vice versa? I don't know. But that's probably the, the, that's the biggest storyline. And that's the first storyline that you should look at when you look at um, this Devils training camp. The next one is we got to talk about some of these young kids that are playing. Holtz. Mercer, Foot, Thompson, Zetterlin, Clark, Walsh, Kevin Ball, to name the majority, to name most of them, not all of them, but to name most of them. Uh, how many of them do we think will realistically make this team coming out of training camp? I will say this. I think when you look at it, I think probably one or two makes it to start. Um, because again, the Devils also have some PTOs, and we'll talk about that as well, because that's another one of the storylines. Um, that very well could come in with, with some of their veteran experience and just be able to take over right away. And the Devils may just want to have a little bit more veteranship, if you want to call it that, uh, to start the season. That's no knock on these guys. They just look at it and say, look, Utica is going to be a talented young team as well. Like they're going to make a lot of noise going into it. And some of these guys have experience uh, and some chemistry from the prospects challenge of last week. But, you know, 
I just can't see a whole lot of these guys getting there. Uh, Lindy Ruff said earlier today when he was talking to the media that the bottom six is where things are going to get really interesting. There's a couple of guys like Miles Wood and even Michael McLeod, and maybe even to a lesser extent, a guy like Student Each that I think are pretty close to locks, maybe in a Boquist as well, that are locks to make this team. But you never know once, you know, you're not going to know really until trading camp actually gets underway. But obviously the guys like Holtz and Mercer, we talked about before, these guys made really good impacts during that prospects challenge and are going to be trying to take that momentum into training camp and go from there. And I'm no, I know the Devils organization is excited to see these guys play. And I know the guys on this team are excited to see these guys play as well. Um, I would say the three, there are about four guys right now that I think are the ones that have the highest shot of making the team, not saying, I'm not saying that all four make them, but if you look at these four guys, those are the guys that I would say you could put your money on that they're, you know, that they could very well be that one or two guys that make it on the team when the season starts. Uh, Holtz, Mercer, um, Nolan Foote, and Kevin Ball. I think those are the three guys. I think those are the four guys that have the highest shot of being one of the two guys that makes the roster when it's all said and done uh, at the start of the season. But it could, I could very well be wrong. It could be more than that. It could be none of those guys. It, it, it really could be that way. It all depends on how they progress once training camp starts and Lindy Ruff sees how they perform and in, in training camp games as well. That's something to keep in mind. But certainly the young kids is another big storyline to keep out for. So the third storyline that I just talked about for a second uh, before is obviously which PTO players will make a case to be in the NHL with the Devils this year. Uh, again, that's professional tryouts. That's for guys that have been in the league uh, for several years that, you know, are signing a contract for the training camp to try to see if they can earn an NHL contract or even an AHL contract to remain playing professional hockey. Uh, like I mentioned before, Jimmy VC, Witherspoon, Jankowski, Gautier, just some of the guys that we've, we've heard um, that have been signed to, uh, to PTOs. When you look at it, again, it all just depends on preference, and I can't really make any predictions now. I would say this. I think that because of Jimmy VC's uh, prior relationship with Lindy Ruff and knowing how uh, Lindy Ruff wants VC to play. I think VC has a little bit more of an upper hand than some of the other guys. I don't know what the type of player Jimmy VC is at this point, being 26, 27 years of age. I really don't know what he can bring to the table. Same thing with some of the other guys. Um, I think most likely at least one of these guys, I think one of them actually makes the team. Um, and I think at least two, maybe three of these guys end up um, down with Utica to start the year to have a little bit more veteran presence uh, with the Comets. That's the way that I look at it. Again, all four of these guys could not make the team at all, and that's the end of it. But I think seeing some of these guys that you look at and say, who are these guys? Where did they come from? These are PTO guys. You're going to see them try to work extremely hard to prove that they belong still in the NHL. And they have a lot to prove, not just to the Devils, but to other teams as well, because other teams might look at them and say, hey, We'll offer you a contract because we like what we saw from afar watching you in preseason. So that th that's another really good amount of guys to, to keep your eye on. Uh, the next, the next storyline that I have is actually one I think not a lot of people are talking about, and that is what will PK Subban's new role be? So we talked about it last week that there was reports that both the Maple Leafs and Bruins had called the devils about a potential PK Subban trade. And again, because of his $9 million cap hit, 
it's definitely less enticing uh, to make a deal unless the Devils are willing to eat up cap, which I think that they're going to do if they do make a trade. They're going to because really no team, uh, especially any cup contending team, can really afford him at $9 million, even if it's for half a season. That's just the way that it is. Um, but when you look at Subban and you go into the season, you realize that he's probably going to be on that third pairing, which I think is more of an advantage to him at this point in his career as a player. He's not the same offensive player that he once was, and he's really never been that solid of a, of a defensive defenseman. But I think now being a veteran guy and being somebody that could also bring some good energy and, and be lively with the rest of the team, um, and also the fact that he just is going to have a lesser, less stressful role. I think Subban will actually do pretty well as a depth defenseman. I could see him being on that third pairing. Um, and I think that Subban understands that and embraces that. And I think he wants to, wants to be a guy that can help this team take that next step. And he has a lot to prove to himself and to a lot of people. I mean, he's going into his third year now with this team. It's been disappointing to say the least since he got here. And he's trying to prove himself because also this is a contract year for PK Subban. He may, the Devils may decide to keep him after this year. They may let him walk. There's certainly nobody's going to give $9 million moving forward, but Subban wants to prove to the NHL that he could still play in this league and that he deserves the opportunity to continue to play in this league. Um, so yeah, I would say look out for Subban to play in more of a third pairing role, be more of a guy on that second power play line. Cause he can still do very well in the power play. And as long as he continues to try to, you know, as long as he continues to try to just use that big slap shot that he has, he can still be effective. And if we can avoid putting him in so many difficult defensive situations, I think we're in a good spot. So that's the way I look at it. So yes, yeah, Subban's new role is going to be something to, to definitely keep an eye on. And the last storyline is this, and this is a very important one. Is this the year that both Nico Kishir and Jack Hughes take that major leap in development? Talking about it from Nico's perspective, ever since his rookie year, his points have gone down, and a lot of people look at it and say that he's a bust, uh, which I still disagree with. I understand that uh, Haskinen and also Elias Pettersson have done way better than Nico has done in their time, but still, it doesn't necessarily make Nico a bust. Uh, he still has tremendous value. He's still a guy that can definitely be a two-way guy, and look, He's 100% healthy, as he confirmed at Media Day here today, and he could still be very, very good. And I think that, be, you know, with him being the captain and having a lot to prove, I think that this, this could be really good for him. And adding some more goal scoring with a guy like Tatar and some of the young guys that we have, I think it's only going to benefit Nico. I'm not saying he's going to have a gigantic leap forward, but I think there's a good shot that Nico will have one of his better seasons of his career, and he will prove that he's not a bust, that he's a guy that is still a very, very talented player, and he's going to prove to a lot of people why the Devils selected him number one overall back in 2017. And then as far as Jack Hughes is concerned, the first thing that really stands out is the amount of things that he has had to say during this offseason with regards to, you know, Luke Hughes coming, you know, his brother coming and being drafted by the Devils, the potential of Quinn Hughes down the road coming in and maybe playing with the Devils as well, which him saying what he said about Quinn Hughes playing on one of the worst teams in the NHL, the, the balls that Jack Hughes has right now is crazy. He's super confident in himself and what he says. He's not afraid to say what he has to say. He even spoke today. And he made some comments and said, look, this is Nico's team now. This is that new era of Devils hockey. We got to get going here. 
And he also said that this is the year that he's really going to pop off. Like he's really going to go off. So he believes in himself. And also I wanted to point this out as well. Uh, Nico Heischer was asked uh, to comment on a lot of people saying the Devils are going to miss the playoffs and not be that good. And Nico said very, very quietly, he said, we'll see. We'll see about that. There's a lot of confidence and belief in a lot of these young players that this team can really take that next step. Uh, Jonathan Bernier said, look, this team is tired of being towards the bottom. It's time to compete for the playoffs. It's time to play meaningful games. And that's really what the main focus here is, the main expectation for this Devils team moving forward. And then going back to Jack Hughes, you can look at it from every analytical perspective and every statistic and say this. Jack Hughes is very, very close to breaking out. And this is that year. I expect him to get 60 some odd points this year and really take that major step. Um, so I'm really curious to see how both of these guys come out once training camp really gets underway and they start developing chemistry uh, with whatever line they're on. But I fully expect both of them to have major leaps in their development uh, as this season progresses. And so those are the five storylines that I have going into training camp. And, you know, what are your guys' storylines? What are things that I missed? Let me know on Twitter at Devil State or on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And we'll talk about it. I'm really, really looking forward to the start of training camp to watch these guys play. And then very soon after that, we're going to have preseason. And then it's right around the corner opening day. I mean, it's going to come fast and it's going to come furious. And this is going to be the beginning of what should be a very exciting season for the Devils, one with a lot of different possibilities. And I'm super excited to get ready to watch this Devils team.